888-835-2414. This is Learning with Leslie. Welcome to another episode of Learning with Leslie, the podcast where you learn, I learn, we all learn about how to build an online business with a blog. No, I'm not talking about one of those blogs that will fall by the wayside when Google has a mood swing. I'm talking about one that will thrive no matter what gets thrown at it. I'm your host, Leslie Samuel from becomeablogger.com, where we're changing the world one blog at a time. And as usual, I have another exciting interview for you today. In today's interview, which is episode 305, I'm on the line with none other than Jason Van Orden, who has worked with over 6,000 students and clients over the last 12 years, teaching them about how to monetize their unique brilliance with content marketing, scalable courses, and automated sales systems. In September of 2005, he co-founded the first ever podcast about internet business and online marketing, which quickly became one of the top business podcasts in the world and one of the most profitable ones on iTunes. He's the author of the best-selling book, Promoting Your Podcast, and his work has been used to teach marketing at a university level as well as being referenced in Forbes and Entrepreneur. I brought him on here to talk about something that's near and dear to my heart. We're going to be talking about changes that are happening and need to happen in our industry. That's what we're going to be talking about today. Jason, my man, how you doing? I'm doing great, Leslie. I, you know, I'm going to have to raise my energy level here. I always love your energy. I'm like, okay, okay, Jason, get ready to keep up, buddy. You Let's gotta... do it. Let's do it. I'm, I'm pretty sure you're going to do a pretty good job. We, we, we're talking about like some big stuff today. And I've been excited about this ever since we've been talking about it kind of behind the scenes. And we're going to get to all that stuff. But I got I want to talk about some s- simple stuff and get it out the way because it's on my mind really quick. Your name is Jason Van Orden. Uh, and for the first time this morning when I was doing my research, I read Van Orden and it stood out to me. What's the – is that Dutch? Is it German? Dutch. It is yeah, Dutch? Dutch. That's absolutely. what I – what's the translation of Van Orden? Well, so, you know, in, in I, I don't speak Dutch, but I know a few things. And Van means from, right? And there is – you know, the original name was Van Narden, N-A-A-R-D-E-N. And that is a village about a half an hour outside, a half hour by train outside of Amsterdam. And I actually had the privilege about two or three years ago to go to that little village, step off the bus to that place that I guess my ancestors, they had lived and come from. And and of course, when they ended up here in uh, what is now America, United States, uh, at some point the name changed from Van Arden, Van Narden to Van Orden. But that's the that's the origin right there. So uh, makes perfect sense that you would notice the Dutch uh, nature of the name. Very interesting because a little known fact is I'm actually Dutch. Like my passport is a Dutch passport from the Netherlands. Um, and I, did I not know that. Yeah, and I saw that and I was like, wait a minute, this is my language. And <laughs> and actually, if you translate the word. Orden, the way it is right there, it actually means order. Oh, okay, nice. So I saw it and I was like, wait, from order. So this podcast is going to be a very orderly podcast episode and we're going to get <laughs> some good stuff going on. Now, I saw some other interesting things on there and I didn't know this. So forgive me for not knowing this, but you, you, your degree is not in business or anything of that sort. It's in jazz guitar. Is that correct? Uh, yeah, I actually had two degrees from university. One was in software engineering and one was in jazz guitar. I did them at the same time. And uh, yeah, I, I, I'm trained in 
playing and teaching jazz guitar. Do you teach? I mean, do you play guitar online somewhere? Because I have never seen this. Is the first, <laughs> this is new to me? Is there somewhere I can go to check this out? There are sound bites on SoundCloud oh, of cool. a past band that I was in that sadly broke up back in about 2004. I've not really played a ton in terms of like, you know, gigging and, and songwriting and recording CDs since then. But uh, every now and again, I, I like to pull it out and even step on the stage if I have the right opportunity. Very cool. Now, everybody that's listening to my podcast probably doesn't know your backstory. I'm assuming a lot of them do. But how did you get into this whole world of online marketing and business and all that stuff? Can you give me a little background there? Yeah, it. I mean, you know, I, I kind of fell into it. I, I certainly didn't know that I was going to be an entrepreneur when I was going to university to become an engineer. I was doing the the same program a lot of people do, right? And uh, but it, it was out of that. Once I fell into the corporate world and I was a year or so into it and, you know, even though I do like programming and, you know, it's something I've done since I was five years old, just that corporate atmosphere for all the reasons that a lot of people I'm sure resonate was not one that I wanted to stick to for the rest of my life. I, you know, I was tired of the Sunday night dread. I was tired of hitting the snooze button five times every morning and kind of slowly just getting more and more apathetic about what I was doing for work. Um, but, you know, it, it was just one interesting step and, and zigzag at a time, you know, reading books and being opened up to things like real estate investing by Rich Dad, Poor Dad and and uh, diving yes. into that and pursuing that and, and kind of finding a mentor there. And and through that, ending up realizing, hey, you know, I'm actually pretty good at marketing when it comes to this real estate stuff. And a lot of people seem to want to know about that. So how about I, I teach people, those things, because I'd started being exposed to, you know, information marketing, as it's called sometimes, through the same people that I was learning real estate through, um, you know, did seminars of my own, eventually needed other ways to sell those seminars, the recordings of them, you know, so this is like 2004, pre-social media, pre-online video, all that stuff, um, and so I was looking for more ways to market. I'd been exposed a little bit to online marketing. Again, being in bands, you have to sell your CDs. You got to promote your shows. Uh, yes, I had a MySpace page back in the day and, uh, you know, promoted that stuff online. And uh, and so in 2005, when podcasting showed up, it was very, very intriguing to me for a number of reasons. The teacher in me loved the possibilities, the marketer in me, uh, the entrepreneur in me loved the possibilities, the the engineering, like the tech kind of geeky side of podcasting. And that's when I, I dove into, hey, I, I'm going to be the business podcasting guy. And uh, and that's what I set out to do. And that was what I did, you know, writing the book, as you mentioned, teaching courses, consulting, all that for, you know, a few years, speaking at uh, conferences all over the world about podcasting. Um, but one of the podcasts I started, which you mentioned briefly in my bio, uh, at the beginning, that intro was, uh, internet business mastery, which very unexpectedly turned into by its, you know, second or third year, a, a six figure business. And then, you know, beyond in the years to follow and, uh, very quickly became a, a primary focus for me all the way up to about two years ago, where now I've moved into, um, doing consulting for established thought leaders and business strategy, marketing strategy and stuff like that. So there's kind of the, you know, again, the, the zigzaggy circuitous path. But, uh, you know, what I like people to take away from that is is realizing that, wow, like you you kind of go in a direction and you don't necessarily know 
you know, where that's going to take you. You might think that the outcome is going to be, you know, one thing, but in the process you learn that, uh, Hey, that's not actually where you thought you needed to go. And now you get to, you know, zigzag into the, the next iteration of your life and reinvent yourself. And in many ways, I'm, I'm doing that again for myself right now. So what's interesting about that? You know, when I started back in 2008, I, found out about blogging and online marketing. So I went through a course that taught me how, taught me how to start a blog and I, because this was kind of like the, 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 the proven method that a lot of people were teaching, and I followed mm-hmm. the path that my mentors had guided me on. Now, when I look at what you did here, this was in 2005, and you're starting a, an internet marketing podcast. And I'm thinking to myself, well, back in 2005, nobody was you know, doing it like that specifically. How, <laughs> what... what what made you go in that direction as opposed to following kind of like a path that everyone, well, I don't want to say everyone else, but it, it seems as if there was no mentor to show you how to start an internet business podcast at that time. How did that, how did you go in that direction as opposed to many of the other proven, quote unquote, proven directions that people were teaching at the time? Yeah, I mean, I appreciate that question because it, it, it definitely, yeah, there was no reason for me to think that podcasting was going to take yeah. off. I, I, I had a hunch that there would be some significant interest in it, I had a hunch that it could be used by businesses. And I, I guess, I mean, look, like with all pursuits, sometimes you follow your your gut, you go to bat as often as you can, you 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 buckle down and, and do the best work you can and, and keep showing up and creating value. And, and thankfully, in that case, Perhaps there was a bit of, of chance and, and luck to to be in the right place in the right time to take advantage of, of podcasting. And so, you know, why did I go in that direction? I almost didn't, honestly. <laughs> I for all the reasons that you point out, I was I you know from the point of discovering what podcasting was and getting excited about it. Honestly, I think it almost took like six months for me to really actually put up a podcasting tutorial site, which is what first got me attention, and to start launching podcasts of my own. And thankfully, you know, I, I, my wife really encouraged me to to go for it. And so, you know, she's like, what, what do you have to lose kind of thing? Um, and so, you know, thankfully I, I did. And so I, I it was just a it was a following the, the gut feel kind of a classic moment, really. You, know, you mentioned something there really like uh, quickly there. Your, your wife encouraged you to go in that direction. Um, how important was that for you? Because I could imagine, you know, for me, when my wife told me, you know what, I think, I think you should leave your job. That was like a huge deal. And mm. it was like, yo, I'm gone. Forget this job. Yeah. Thing. <laughs> how, how significant was that for you at the time? Uh, yeah, it was very significant. And, and like you, you know, when I quit my engineering job to do real estate investing, she was very much the one that that yeah, it wouldn't have happened as soon had it not been for her encouragement, for which, you know, obviously I'm very, very grateful. And, you know, she sat there and helped me process the fears of quitting my job in 2003 and helped me process the fears of changing from, you know, this teaching real estate investors how to market, which I had some a track record and some money into this new thing, podcasting that felt more interesting. And, you know, so thankfully, she, you know, she helped me process through that stuff. And, and it's it's huge to have those advocates, whether it is, uh, you know, your your spouse, whether it is a mentor, whether, you know, sometimes we turn to masterminds for those things. Um, absolutely critical part of the journey to to have those advocates, as I like to call them. That's awesome. Okay, so the the reason we're even doing this podcast episode is because, you know, we've been chatting on Facebook about a number of things in this industry. 
Uh, when I say this industry, I'm talking about online marketing. For me, specifically blogging and internet marketing and those types of, 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 of areas. And uh, you started talking to me about like some changes that you went through over the last you know, three years or so. Can you kind of talk to me, talk to us about what happened three years ago, whether it was an incident or a mindset change, or what was going on about three years ago that brought about this big change in what you do online? Yeah, absolutely. So uh, three years ago, I, I was living in, in Paris, France. And the only reason I mentioned that is because it, it's a stark contrast to to what was about to come. Um, so Paris, France, living there, you know, with my wife and my daughter was the pinnacle of my lifestyle dreams. Like before I was an entrepreneur, before I was an Internet entrepreneur, it was just this thing. I'm like, wouldn't that be cool? No idea how I'll make it ever happen. But I would love that to be part of my future vision. And there I was, you know, it taken me a good decade or so to make it happen. There I was living it and loving it, frankly. But at the same time, there was this contrast of the work that I was doing every day, something that I had, you know, built and crafted a, a business that had been around for a decade, um, you know, a business in which I taught people to very carefully choose, you know, where you, you focus your, your energy and time and then the niche that you choose because it needs to fulfill you and not just be, you know, profitable. Um, because that fulfillment is, is what keeps fueling you. And I was realizing, oh my gosh, like every day I feel like I, I'm actually ending the day, not fed by the work that I'm doing. And, you know, frankly, it was kind of a frightening thing because for a number of reasons, it was a little bit of an identity crisis. I felt a little bit like a fraud. I'm like, what would my students and, and customers think if all of a sudden they knew that I wasn't enjoying this thing nearly as much anymore? Uh, here I am depending on this business to live in a very expensive city, paying exchange rates that at the time were like 40 percent on every dollar. And I'm like, what? and yet I'm not enjoying you know, the, this business anymore. And that, that led to a very pronounced and, and even prolonged period of um, soul searching and, and figuring out and even, you know, for a while, ignoring some of those feelings to my detriment because they only got worse and needing to ask myself like, okay, why, why is it do I feel this way? What's out of alignment? What's, what's going on here? Clearly my, my mind, my psyche, uh, is trying to tell me something with these feelings and, um, I need to discover what it is that, that needs to, to change. Um, and in order to discover that, I, I finally took a, a bit of a, you know, personal retreat. Again, my wife encouraged, <laughs> encouraged me, <laughs> Jason, I think you need to choose a city, go there, spend a few days and think about, you know, what's, what's going on so you can figure it out. You need the space. And again, very grateful for her <laughs> encouraging me to do that. I'm just really um, curious, really quick. What was she yeah. seeing in you um, that made her mm. come to that point? Because, yeah, I mean... For you to think it, for you to feel it, but what was she actually seeing that made her concerned? Right. Well, you know, my wife tends to be a pretty empathetic person. Um, you know, she's studied to be a therapist, for instance, in, in, in the past. I, you know, I think she probably recognized some of the stuff that she had seen in me a decade or more before when I was not fulfilled by my day job as an engineer. And I had started sharing with her how I was feeling as well, you know, and uh, and I think she could see that I was, you know, just 
you know, frankly, she probably knew I was avoiding maybe really digging into the meat of the matter. And, and so in her encouraging me, you know, not telling me like, Hey buddy, you got to figure this <laughs> out, but going like, Hey, what if you tried this? And I would totally support you in doing that. Um, so I think she was just, you know, both through things I was telling her and just because she's an empathetic person sensing it's like, yeah, you're, there, there are parts of your life you are not enjoying here anymore. And that's not a sustainable thing. So I'm, I'm reading into this some more and I'm wondering, um, do you think, would you consider, would you say that you were depressed at that time? Oh, absolutely. It was the beginning of, of depression and, you know, depression has many different shades. It has, uh, you know, different levels of, of severity. Um, but uh, absolutely. I, I, I do see that I was kind of like the whole analogy of the frog in boiling water. Mm. Um, it was beginning to erode not only at my fulfillment, but erode at confidence, erode at pieces of my identity. Um, and it, hence my motivation, my creativity, innovation, all the things I depended on as, you know, an information-based business owner yeah. were disappearing. So it's like, okay, I, I essentially, I no longer have the ability to create the thing that I need to sell the value that I have to bring to the world. Um, and it did bring me to, uh, and, and it took a while of, of ignoring it and putting it off to finally realize, oh my gosh, I, I am like by definition now depressed. And that's something that I need to, um, you know, think about and, and consider in this whole equation as well. Now, I, I think this is something that a lot of people deal with on a daily basis. Um, but I think it's also interesting that, you know, you are a podcaster and as a podcaster, uh, on a weekly basis, you're showing up and uh, to a certain extent, you're, you're putting on a show. Mm. Um, you're, what you're teaching Yes, but you have to come like when when I turn on this microphone, there's an enthusiasm that comes to my voice. There's there, I know that I have a mission to fulfill and I want to get mm -hmm. that mission done by the end of this episode. And we even spoke about what we want to accomplish um, in this particular episode. But I'm imagining that back then when you are feeling this lack of fulfillment, when you are you know starting this um, path where maybe you're a little depressed and so on. How how was it to show up on a podcast on a weekly basis during that difficult time? Well, I mean, it took a lot more energy to to yeah come up with the ideas, show up. I'm, and I haven't gone back to listen, but I I'm sure that people noticed something in the tone of the show was was changing, right? Um, and you know, rather than you know just being lit up all the time with ideas that I'm capturing and I can't wait to share, it was like, well, I guess I'll muster a way to turn on the microphone and and teach something here. But and you know, it's not just the podcast; it's you know, coaching calls for for clients. Now, thankfully, you know, I think that when I know somebody is depending on me to show up, that is maybe one of the cases where you know I can scrape whatever bit of fuel and creativity and motivation was there to to show up for people that I'd made a commitment to. But it certainly wasn't this just you know process that was feeding on itself. Yeah, I was feeling stuck, and and even though. And the reason I mentioned that is I think a lot of people, like you said, they can relate to feeling stuck at some point, even if it's they're just starting out right now and their blog is not growing as quickly as they'd like it to. You're feeling a lack of of momentum, a lack of, uh, you know, that that fuel that we need as entrepreneurs yeah. 
it, it, we need momentum just like a shark needs, you know, to go through the water in order to get the, the, the water across its gills. It's got to keep moving to get that oxygen, right? And now in hindsight, I'm sure people are wondering, well, what in the heck, Jason, what was going on? I think it was a number of factors, but really what came down to it is um, I had – you know, that momentum had ceased in a number of ways. I wasn't giving myself opportunities to grow like I used to. I'd been doing the same thing for 10 years. Mm. I wasn't, uh, you know, I'd, I'd kind of, you know, maybe even gotten a little complacent on my own, just innovating and trying different stuff. And so the momentum had waned over time. And so like the shark who would start suffocating because, you know, he or she's not moving, there I was. And, um, you know, again, whether you're coming out of a decades-long business or just starting one out, I think we can all end up – and whether or not you end up depressed or just feeling that lack of, oh, what you know, an aggravation, I think we can all relate to yeah. to finding ourselves in those positions. Okay, so y your wife encourages you to take this break. Um, I'm assuming you took the break. Uh, what what happened next? Uh, yeah, I mean, just what I realized on, on my my little personal retreat there was um, I needed to give myself space, and that's the first thing that you know is important to realize. I think, you know, we make all these mistakes when we find ourselves stuck. Sometimes we uh, uh, maybe we're feeling you know maybe guilty or, or a little ashamed because it's like oh, I'm not getting as far as I thought I would, or I must be doing something wrong here. That's why I'm stuck. And, and so then as a result, we can kind of isolate ourselves from talking to yeah. others about how we're feeling about our business. Right. Um, and, and we also isolate ourselves from actually the very input that we need by having conversations with others, by, by taking in and talking about, you know, these things and taking in input, um, you know, that's how we can start, you know, that process of, of, of discovery and like, okay, what do I need here to get unstuck? And, um, you know, so thankfully that was what my wife was doing is like, give yourself space, get out of your usual element, mm. dedicate some time to thinking, pondering, writing, whatever that looks like. And, you know, try to listen to what is the, the next step. And, you know, the next step was, well, I need to not just take a personal retreat for a few days. I need a sabbatical from my business essentially so that I can rejuvenate and, and discover different um, things. But it, it was definitely clear to me that, you know, my drive was gone and it's because my I wasn't being challenged anymore. I wasn't having an opportunity. I wasn't pushing myself to master new things. And, uh, you know, it was, it was time to, to change some things up and I'd gone too long without listening to that. Okay. So this was, uh, let's, let's get some context here. Was this around 2014? Yes. 2014. Okay. Uh -huh. So you, you took this break, you took a sabbatical. How long of a sabbatical did you take? Well, so, you know, I came back to living in New York city beginning of 2015, finally talked to my business partner about this idea, you know, cause it, you know, as a blogger, thought leader, expert based information based business whatever you want to call it you know we are the thing and it depends on us to show up and create value to create content and like well how is this business supposed to survive without me doing that um thankfully again through the conversations with my business partner um you know after being worried for several months like well what's he gonna think that I'm like, <laughs> you're, he's like oh yeah sure just check out of the business you know that's really, you know, he was actually, well, you know, I get it. I'm actually kind of feeling the same. So let's get creative. How can we, you know, figure this, this thing out? And, um, 
you know, so that it started as we found a way to have to get somebody else in charge of everything. We would just show up and do the podcast and give ourselves three months of sabbatical. Uh, it actually turned into 18 months of, oh, wow. of sabbatical, 18 months during which I continued to make the same amount of money I was before and actually only had to work about two to four hours a month on uh, the business, which, you know, I, I'm not going to pretend that's not amazing to be in that position. Um, turns out it wasn't sustainable for a number of reasons, but clearly 18 months of, of that gave me uh, a lot of room to figure out next steps of, of reinvention and, and what I wanted um, to do. 18 months. Wow. Okay. So what did you figure out in that 18 months? Um, yeah. So, you know, one thing that I would encourage people to do if they're feeling stuck again, whether it's, you know, you're, you're, you're depressed or you're just not, you know, you need a change. I mean, there's all kinds of reasons we get stuck is to, yeah, don't isolate yourself and get out there and start having a lot of conversations with people, people you trust, new people, maybe you haven't met, you know, dig into things, just see what people, I just started asking, like, I wanted to see what are people up to in their business? What, what matters to them right now? What's coming? And a lot of these people ended up coming up in these conversations that they either right now or at that point were feeling stuck as well, or had been through something very similar, you know, in the past, which is a, an important thing to be reminded of. It's like, look, you, you're not the only one that goes through these things, even though it feels like it in the moment, right? It feels like, oh, I must be doing something wrong here. Like, oh, it's, it's because I, I'm using the wrong strategy. That's why I'm stuck. And you're looking around and, you know, everyone else is getting excited about, you know, Facebook Live or Instagram stories. And so you, you chase a new strategy thinking that's what's going to get you un, unstuck. But um, you know, that, that chasing game, that comparison game, um, or, the, or the isolation, which is kind of the inverse of that, um, you know, that just exacerbates the problem. So having a lot of conversations with people was a reminder that a, I'm not the only one that goes through the, these kinds of things. B, um, you know, there, there are a lot of interesting things and places that I can still, you know, give value, start exposing me to some new ideas and, uh, and also just like in the sharing of, you know, again, with people we trust, but in the sharing of like, man, this has really been hard for me the last year. And here are all the reasons why, you know, it, it helps you unlock and just process all that stuff that, that is easy for us all to like mash down inside and not really pay attention to. Um, and, you know, I, I know this is sounding like a bunch of like, you know, we're t going into mental health. Well, yeah, maybe we are. But mm -hmm. you know what? Mental health is vital, right? Like everyone on here is creating content, creating, you know, trying to be creative and innovate. Our minds are a part of our product. And if your mental health is suffering, so will the value that you create, right? Um, and so you got to take care of yourself too. So, you know, during those, and it doesn't have to be 18 months, but it was 18 months of, of conversations, trying new things out, um, I, I threw myself into one-on-one -on -one work, even though, you know, consulting and coaching one-on-one, -on -one, uh, you and I have talked a bit about that cause you kind of did, uh, you know, an inverse thing. And I actually went back to doing that after, you know, over a decade simply because that felt good to do. I was like, what would be fun for me right now? Mm. Not the most strategic, not the most, I mean, here's another tip. It's like in those moments of being stuck, Sometimes you just got to pause and go, you know what, what, what would be fun to try right now? Or what fascinates me? Or where do I find my curiosity pulled? 
Um, because that curiosity and fascination are things that we sometimes, you know, ignore because there's so much fervor and excitement in the market about, well, you know, you got to do this. You should do this. This is what the business model has to look like. This is how you have to blog. And if you're not doing all those things. And so we deny like any kind of curiosity or experimentation to maybe do something a little different than the quote unquote should. And that's part of the problem. So by asking myself, what would I just enjoy doing here? And arguably, when a part of me was going, wait a second, one-on-one work, that's a total regression. Like you teach people not to sell their time. <laughs> but actually, it was exactly what I needed to do in that moment for so many reasons. I learned so much by focusing on working one-on-one with with people for a while. For a while. I'm still doing it because I enjoy it. It's still part of my time that I uh, spend doing that. So, you know, there's there's kind of a... Uh, uh, I don't know, a, a sampling of, of thoughts and things that were guiding me during those 18 months. Um, but that's, that's what I spent that time doing. You know, I, I, I love, I love the self discovery that comes along with that, you know, and I think it's easy to kind of get caught up in the, Hey, look at what everyone else is doing, but just because everyone yeah. else is doing it, that doesn't mean, that that's what's right for you. I mean, I think it actually kind of goes back to how you started, right? Everyone else, when you started, wasn't doing a podcast, but that's something that was intriguing to you. So you went ahead with it and you went kind of all in. And, you know, when we, when we first started this conversation that we've been having, I, I'm looking at the chat right now. I had to pull it up to see how that conversation went because I remember we we started, I started to tell you that, a few years ago, it wasn't even a few years ago, I almost left this industry um, mm, because right. of what I was seeing everyone else doing. And it just didn't seem, it, it wasn't something that I resonated with, how everyone else was doing what they're doing. And not, not everyone else, but for me, it, it's, it's, it seemed as if this online stuff that we do was starting to lose its authenticity it was starting to be more about i need to get attention i want everyone to see me and look at me i am awesome i am with this nice car with this nice home and all this kind of stuff and the things that it seemed to be promoting were things that i just didn't care about and that's kind of how we got along the the discussion that we 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 went down and how this podcast episode um came about for us so i guess my question for you is what what do you see as some changes either that are happening or that should be happening in this industry right now? I mean, this is 2017. We're going into 2018. There's, there's so much happening in the online space. Where do you see things needing to change? And, and specifically from the perspective of the individuals that are listening to this podcast, that are listening to all the gurus, that are reading all the blogs out there and seeing what everyone else is doing, what are some of those things that you think need to change? Or some of the things that, I know this is like the, uh, the longest running on question, or some of the <laughs> things that maybe derail us or distract us. What are your thoughts there? Yeah, there's a, a lot there. And, and you, know, you know, things that I was reminded of or realized, again, during this you know, ongoing. I mean, I really look back as like a two year 
transformation and pivot. And not that it always has to be that when you're feeling stuck, it just happened to be a big one for me. So let me just pull out some of the lessons I realized for myself, because I, it's interesting that I, I think that experience that I was going through individually and that I, you know, that I, I, I think I can share with the individuals, as you say, who are listening to this, it's kind of, yeah. And the same things are kind of impacting the, um, yeah, the industry as a, as a whole, as an entity as well. So one thing is that um, we need to realize that marketing is always going to depend on these very, um, you know, sexy stories of the one thing that makes all the difference or the big success story that seems like it was an overnight success story or, you know, the, the numbers that get pulled, put forward that, you know, sometimes frankly are, are kind of massaged to be a best case, you know, scenario. And, uh, you know, that's, you know, because people are trying to sell and, and the noise floor has just gone up and up and up and up and up as more and more people have come online selling, uh, you know, trying to establish a brand, trying to sell their their courses or products or whatever. And so it's very, you know, I get it. It's very easy for us to get caught up in, especially if we're feeling stuck, caught up in, oh my gosh, I, I got a hot, here's somebody saying that's the thing that made all the difference. Well, of course I got to go and do that. I can't miss out, right? That's appealing to this part of us that doesn't want to, um, miss out. And, and something that really aggravates me about the industry is often it, it's kind things are kind of painted in a way that I find a lot of people let's say you know who are blogging feel like there's one or two ways to do it the right way you know that if you want to make money and stand out and have a brand you know take your pick one or two models here um and that's actually just not true it, you know things have become very homogenized and feeling like that but there are so many ways to share your your voice and so many ways to show up online and so many ways to structure your business and to create products. You know, it goes beyond simply, oh, you've got the ebook and the multimedia digital course and the mastermind, you know, take your pick or try to do all three. Like there's, you know, we need more of that, uh, of like innovation in how we create and deliver value because frankly, the audience that we're trying to reach, the audiences, you know, these different audiences that each blogger is trying to read, uh, reach, they're, you know, things are shifting. They're, they're starting to get fed up of what's been done for the last five years. And they're, they're looking for the fresh voice. They're looking for the different approach. They're looking, you know, they've bought the course and, and been burned because, you know, the DIY course wasn't that good and kind of left them still out in the cold, not getting the result that they wanted. Um, I'm kind of going a little all over, but the first point then I guess is like, look, don't, if you find yourself comparing to others, first of all, I'm going to say, stop it. And if that means unsubscribing from newsletters, please, by all means do it. If it means going on a social media fast, please, by all means do it. If it means unsubscribing from people on Instagram, because there are certain people, when you see their images, you immediately have this anxiety of, you know, the fear of missing out or have done doing it wrong or why are they getting results and I'm not. So I must be, you know, messing this up. Stop paying attention to that stuff. You do not need to follow everybody in order to quote, do it right. So filter that stuff out. Give yourself the space to hear your own approach and maybe stop and ask yourself, what do I really want to do? Again, going back to fascination, curiosity, what would be fun? You know, if there are are 50 or 100 or 200 ways forward to get to the vision that you want, 
you might as well choose one that you're going to enjoy the journey rather than letting somebody else convince you that it's the only way to go because they want you to buy their program. So, um, you know, there's, so I want to see us seeing the marketing hype for what it is. I want to see us being willing to, um, you know, do things differently and our own way and actually listen to our own, um, intuition. I want to see us talking about more of the nuance and how business is done online, uh, because I feel like it's gone just way too homogenized, um, both for the people creating content as well as those receiving the content. Um, and you know, I know that there are people on both sides of the equation, again, creators and consumers that, uh, you know, want to, want to see things elevate. Um, and they have to, because the bar has to raise because the noise level keeps going up. And so we can't just keep doing things the same way as, as we have been. So this is all crazy talk, right? It sounds crazy because what you're saying, and I, I actually very much resonate with everything that you said just now, but what you're saying is, and we're marketers on, on this call, what you're saying is unsubscribe from the marketers, um, well, n not necessarily just blanket do that to everyone, um, but stop listening to all the noise. You don't have to be everywhere. You don't have to do what everyone says. You can kind of chart, chart your own course. And that, it, it, it seems just to kind of go away from everything that we're taught when it comes to online marketing. Um, and I'm even thinking, you know, for myself, I so believe in what you said. But I also has a, I have a course. I have a, a membership site and training and all that stuff where I teach people to blog in a certain way. And I teach them how to kind of find their voice and how to create content and get it out there and all those kinds of stuff. And one of the things that you know, I'm thinking about is how do you balance the two? How do you balance the mm. having the structure but also having the flexibility to, to realize that every individual that goes through a specific program is a unique individual with unique needs and unique passions and uh, unique skill sets and all those types of things. How do you balance that, one, as the creator of training programs, but then also as the person that's going through a training program that is teaching you how to do something in a specific way? Mm hmm. Yeah, I, I really like this question. And it's actually one that I continue to ask and look for yeah. answers to. Um, and I guess that's one of the things that I would say I, I want to see change in the industry. So, um, yeah, it, it you know, I understand the appeal of the, you know, the blanket digital course that yeah. we get to, you know, supposedly sell uh, evergreen automatically so we can enjoy our passive income forever. Um Frankly, that does not exist mm -hmm. for one. Um, and so, you know, I would say that if you, you know, remember, yes, you, you want to have the scalable business and you want to do things smartly, but don't lose. I mean, like you said, like it helped you, it helped for you to rediscover a, a why and a meaning behind what you were doing. And yes, you want to make as much money and have as many resources and have as big of a platform as possible because that only empowers you that much more mm -hmm. to pursue your, your why. And so, you know, that helps us to, <clears throat> excuse me, that helps us to, um, yeah, remember that, you know, if we get too fixated, because like right now in the industry, people are talking about scale, 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 funnel, 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 automate, 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 right? Because <laughs> yeah, that's, that's sexy and, and cool. And it's like, great, I'll be able to just like finally step back and, and sip my drink on the, on the beach while I make my money. Um, 
But we, we have to also realize that, look, digital courses by nature ha- end up being this thing that you, you create. I don't want to say for the least common denominator, but you're trying to guess like, okay, across the board of the people that I'm trying to reach, what is a methodology that will work the best for the most of, of them or, or, you know, or all of them, but maybe it leaves off some of the nuances because I am trying to get, you know, results as quickly as, as possible. Um, but one of the reasons I've gone towards the one-on-one work and enjoyed that so much is because then I, you know, I was able to rediscover the delivery of some of that nuance in, well, maybe your business model doesn't need to be that thing that mm. you're, you're saying. Um, so what does that mean for, let's say the consumers of do it, your, you know, of these digital courses? Well, I think it means, yeah, you, you find a guy like Leslie that you resonate with and you go, look, I, I feel good by the stuff he delivers. I, um, enjoy you know, he, he seems to share values and meaning with me. I enjoy the energy and the smile that he brings to his content. And and he has authority and he has expertise and experience that he's conveying to you. At the same time, there may be part of what he teaches, not that it's wrong or doesn't work, but it's just like, you know what, instead of going that way, you know, having my content structured a specific way, Maybe I will bring in this one other piece of instinct or gut feel or something mm. that I found over here. And and I wish in the past with my digital courses, I used to be very, very, very prescriptive and just like, just follow the process. Just do it the way I said, because I wanted people to like have the greatest chance of succeeding. But I'm also realizing now that it's like, if you don't make that space for people to kind of also experiment and make it their own and maybe mess a few things up and, and have that, you know, 20% of leeway to, to do it, you know, what I'm 20% is an arbitrary number, but you know, that, that is actually part of the process too. So I guess as, as teachers, we can, um, maybe let students know that, you know, that is part of the process. And we, you know, though we believe a hundred percent that what we've taught works that, I don't know, maybe we also teach people how to, bring in that only own degree of their experimentation to find, you know, the, the nuance and what is going to work in their blog to grow their vision. Right. Um, I don't know. I'd be curious cause you know, you've been a teacher professor in the past, you teach online digital courses. How does that strike you? What I just said? No, that it, it, what's interesting about it. It's, it's exactly what I've been spending a lot of time thinking about recently. I am redoing my entire course right now. And the idea, and this is, uh, This is going to sound like I don't agree with you, but you'll see how I do agree with you (laughs) when I'm done with it. The Uh idea is to kind of to break down my system in a very step by step way uh, so that you, you, you can see you can follow a process that works. But the idea is this is the core content. And for the core content, yes, we are kind of catering to the lowest uh, common denominator, right? Um, The least common denominator. But then beyond that. There's the understanding that every individual is different. So that's why you, you in, within that structure, I try to have the, the coaching calls where you can come on with specific things that you are dealing with, and then we can kind of navigate through that together. That makes it so that you have the, the general structure, but then you have the flexibility when you ask questions. And I, I, I've just gone recently to doing, you know, if someone asks a question in my Facebook group, I give them a video response that's specific to what they are going through because everybody's uh, situation is unique. So I think there are ways that you can have, you can start out with a structure 
with an understanding that every individual is unique. Everyone has different talents, different gifts, and that if you explore what is proven but add your own twist to it, that's a, a, a great way for you to stand out from the crowd. So I think so, it's kind of like a blending the two. You have a structure, yeah. but you have flexibility within that structure, and you build that flexibility into your training. Yeah, I think what we're talking about here, I agree, um, is is the idea, and I, I'm getting these exact words from a friend of mine by the name of Michael Roderick. He he calls it the frameworks versus formula approach, mm. um, <clears throat> and that if things are too prescriptive and just hey, here's the formula, this is what worked for me. Because hey, newsflash, as a quick aside, all those super successful people that are telling you, hey, this is the thing that made all the difference. I'm not saying they're be being you know knowingly deceptive. Uh, they may truly believe that was the thing that made all the difference, but guess what? It doesn't work that way. And actually we don't do a very good job as human beings of looking back and knowing all the variables that got us where we were going. So remember that when somebody's telling you, this is the one thing and you're thinking, well, it's the one thing, I guess I got to do it. Now, back to my point, frameworks versus formulas. This is a, you know, a framework is something somebody can take and follow and apply to their own situation, whether that's, you know, the, you know, sometimes it's a nice diagram. Sometimes it's a checklist or fill in the blank, uh, you know, a, a nice uh, diagram of some sort that guides them a flow chart. You know, there's lots of different types of frameworks, but a framework, I think, has that leeway um, or nuance built into it and shows the person and not that it has to have every permutation, but you might have identified, you know what? There are five types of bloggers that I find that are in my course. And at certain points, I need to go with a framework that allows each of those five types to figure out which content structure works best for them or or to figure out which traffic generation thing works best for them. I mean, I'm, these are kind of, again, arbitrary examples, but I think it illustrates the point. Whereas a formula would just say, nope, just do it the way I did. Yep. You know, Stop thinking about whether or not the long form or short form or whether, nope, just go do Twitter. That's the one. You know, It's like, well, you know what? Twitter is not a good fit for some people. So you know, maybe you're doing a disservice if it's so formulaic that it has to be Twitter or nothing, right? Um, so I, I don't know. Does that jive with what you were just definitely? Saying? I actually love that concept. I had to, I had to write it down to to, to reference that when I am uh, recreating some of my content. Okay, so somebody been has has been listening to this uh, episode for forty five minutes now, and they're thinking, man, I resonate so much with what Jason is saying and all that stuff. I really. I really want to create something where I can have an impact on the world. I really want to create something where I could build a business. What last words would you leave with that person? Yes, that ultimately, um, you know, to bring it back to strategy and concrete stuff, like ultimately we are all building a business and I, I hope that the people who are taking your course to make a blog, I mean, I suppose some are maybe just doing it as a hobby and enjoying it that way and that's fine. But for those who, you know, want to grow the platform and, and make money and reach more people, you do need to think about it as a business. And essentially what we're talking about here is that you are deciding what your business model is going to be. And a business model is made up of, you know, a handful of elements. There's positioning, which has to do with your, your messaging and how you're perceived in the market. And, you know, there, there are, 
Um, people who use messaging that uh, I might look at and go, you know what, that's not my style or my voice, or that I might even look at and go, that passes an ethical line that I don't want to cross. Right. So there's, you know, figuring out where you fall in the approach to your positioning, um, which channels you use to, to, to communicate that positioning. Clearly your students are interested in blogging and that's great. And you have a great system for that. There's, there's, you know, packaging, how are you going to pack up, package up your knowledge, your perspective, um, you know, and there's a lot of different ways to do that. So, um, you know, just because everyone's saying you got to have the digital course, you know what, right now I'm loving again, the one-on-one thing I'm going with workshops. I'm going with stuff that feels good to me. Maybe it doesn't make the most strategic sense. I probably eventually will come back to a digital course model, but that's not part of my business model right now. And I'm okay with that. Even though some of my friends would tell me, what are you doing? You're going in reverse. Um, and, and then there's, you know, the, the way that you go about creating a customer journey, you know, all this talk of funnels and automation is great and strategic, but really what you're trying to do is maximize the value that you deliver to and the value that you get from every customer slash student that comes through your world, whether that's for four months or four years or a whole decade. And so you are crafting from the very first point that they come across you and your brand, that first piece of content or whatever to the, you know, the, all the things that you need to say to them for them to be ready to buy from you to that first thing they buy from you to the, to, okay, now what, where does that conversation go? And the second and the third thing, you know, thinking of that as a customer journey and, um, and the same way as there are going to be a lot of different types of customers that you attract. There are a lot of different ways that you can create a customer experience and journey that delivers maximum value to every person. And then you make maximum income because you deserve to make that income from every person that comes into your world. So maybe in thinking that in that model, it's like, okay, I, I, you know, yes, I want to be strategic. I'm creating a business model here. I want to know what's effective, but then there's all these different ways to snap the pieces together without shoving a, a, a square peg through a round hole because you know what? You might have a dodecahedron business and that's fine. Go craft the dodecahedron business model hole that that fits in and great, go with it, right? And um, I think that would be my, my concluding words and why right now I enjoy so much um, delivering that kind of nuance one-on-one with my my clients because I feel like it's really really needed. Love it. If someone wants to kind of check out what you're doing and and connect with you, where what's the best place to send them um, right now? Yeah, I'd say uh, JasonVanOrden.com or you can find my page also called Jason Van Orden on on Facebook. Um, if you want to talk, you know, check out my, my content, uh, my services, or, you know, just, uh, as I continue to develop these ideas and, and put them out there and I'm, I'm grateful, Leslie, for you giving me a platform, uh, to share them such as they are right now. And, um, you know, that, that you've resonated with them. And I certainly hope that your, your audience has as well. Oh, I absolutely know that they will. Thank you so much for this episode. It was awesome, man. My pleasure. Thank you. All right. And this was episode 305. I hope you got value from it. No, I know you got value from it. And if you want the show notes, which you do, head on over to becomeablogger.com slash 305. If you missed anything, it'll be there. So if you were driving and you thought to yourself, man, I needed to take some notes. No worries. We did that work for you and you can get it right there. Hey, one simple call to action. If you want to take your business to the next level, you want to be coached by me, you want, I want to invite you to check out my Become a Blogger Coaching Club and you can head on over to bloggercoaching.com. 
And when you register there, you're gonna have you're gonna check out all the courses that I have on building a blogging business. You're gonna get on these live group coaching calls. You're gonna get access to our private Facebook group, live webinars, and much more. Once again, bloggercoaching.com. Head on over there and let's get this party started. But that's pretty much it for this episode. This is Leslie Summer here from becomeablogger.com where we're changing the world one blog at a time. And until next time, take care and God bless. Eight 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 three five two four one four.